Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I am so excited. We're talking uh, with my good friend, Jason, an incredible leader, uh, has an amazing church, and we're talking about how do you keep momentum going in a church? What can you do? What are the practical things you can do? What steps can you take? What what things do you need to communicate to your leaders and volunteers? How do you keep momentum going in a church? It is a great conversation. Let's dive into it. Let's jump into it, man. How can I help Let's you today? It. What's on your mind? So a bunch of questions, but uh, you know, we've been a portable church for 12 years yep. and just celebrated 12 years this past weekend. So um, just real, real excited. Uh, we are getting ready to head into a permanent facility, uh, our first one in 12 years. So, oh, wow. um, so I have questions surrounding some of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. I think my first questions, um, what are some things to be aware of from going from a portable setting to a permanent setting? Mm. Um, you know, just, just some things that would help us navigate that transition, uh, in this next season. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, going from portable to permanent, um, I, in theory, uh, it is, um, it's awesome because you have your own permanent home. Uh, I've been through that. I've walked a lot of guys through that. And there is a couple characteristics that always seem to show up that I think you need to be aware of. When you go from a temporary home to a permanent home, from breaking down, setting up, and all that to more of a permanent house, it the benefits are amazing. I mean, you don't you don't have to right. break down anymore and set up you know all that stuff, set up tear down anymore, trailers hauling around and all that stuff. Right. You don't have to do all that stuff, and uh, and that's awesome. You got a place you can call your own and twenty four seven, and and it's all great. Here's where uh, here's where I think some of the challenge can come in at times is um, there seems to be a decrease of urgency mm-hmm. uh, because it's because you almost feel like you've arrived to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, you're on a 30-hour drive with your family to go to some great vacation, and when you get there, all you want to do is relax because right. you're there. Yeah. Uh, and that's almost like it is here. The urgency mm. is lost. You and mm. I see that. I've seen that with my own life. I've seen that with ministries, uh, other pastors I've worked with. They're like, man, it just seemed like all of a sudden the energy was lost. Mm. Um, and so I think you lose, or you have the 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 chance of losing urgency, the okay. chance of losing energy, uh, the chance of losing mission and focus. Uh, because again, if you think of it like the promised land, you've arrived. Mm. So what are you working towards now? Uh, and you also lost a ton of not lost, but you also misplaced possibly a ton of volunteers Mm. that were used to doing something and aren't, aren't doing it anymore. And one of the things I think I would encourage you to do, Jason, is to think about, okay, there's this sort of, yay, we're here, and we've arrived at this location, and there comes a lot of benefits with that. But what is the vision beyond this building? Yeah, great that we're here, but the reality is a new building is only new for a couple months, 
honestly. And then after a while, right. it's just a building, right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, a whole place. Yeah. It's just like, all right, we're here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it doesn't take long for it to feel that way. Uh, so I think people always, people always view the grand opening of their building as, as, you know, hey, it's March 1st is the day or whatever. Okay, that's the grand opening of the building. But I always say, okay, but let's talk about after. What are you going to do after? Where's the vision going? What are the people putting their mind to, their focus to, their energy to? What excites them? We rejoice on this, but man, now, guess what we're going to do now? We're going to think about that. Like we're always putting vision in front of people. Without a vision, the people perish. That word perish actually translated means to wander around aimlessly. Mm. So think about that. Without a vision, okay, we arrived at this building, but if we don't have a vision, then we wander around aimlessly. I guess we're just here at the building. So mm. think about the energy loss. Think about the intensity loss. Uh, think about the focus loss and say, okay, Great that we have a grand opening. Let's celebrate. Yes, we can take a breather and we can celebrate. We take a month or two and celebrate and enjoy the building. But second, third, fourth month, we're thinking, okay, guys, let's look at what God has for us now. Whatever that may be. It's not we're not talking about another building, but another we gotta make sure that vision stays in front of the people. Okay. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. So I get. I, I have a question. I don't know if you this this question is a little bit more particular. Is uh, with that thought in mind, is there things from a timeline standpoint that you would put in place that I, as the lead guy, should be executing between now and moving into the facility? So the facility is probably end of September, beginning of October of completion. Is there anything on my end that I need to be doing? Obviously, crafting vision, but some other things that from a timeline standpoint? Yeah, there is. Uh, there's a couple things. I um, Buildings do have a way of creating energy and excitement. There's no doubt. It's not forever, mm-hmm. but it, it does bring it for a while. Uh, it gets your people excited, which is awesome. Um, and I think you get a lot, if you're done right, you get a lot of guests. So uh, when you're looking at a building, there's a couple things that I think that are really important. First, um, we focus a lot on getting up to the building and then we lose focus on the first three months in the building, four months, five months. It's Mm -hmm. almost like I live in Southern California. I do very little surfing. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know if I'd call it surfing, but (laughs) I lay on the board and I wait for someone to bring me something to drink. Uh, But um, But, uh, uh, you know, it's a bummer when you're out there surfing and you're like waiting for this wave and then something comes up and you're like, no, no, forget it. I'll wait for the next one. And then you're like, oh, I missed the wave. You know, it's just like you missed that wave. I think past I think pastors miss a wave at times. So. Here's what I'm saying. A couple of thoughts that I would have, what I would encourage you to think about is like, okay, you're, you're, you're going up to, let's call it September 1st for your grand opening. We'll just call it September 1st. You go up to that September 1st and that's great. There's a lot of work that goes up to it, but that's first three to six months. You have a wave. It's a new building. There's new excitement. New people are going to visit. Um, what are we going to do to make sure we get the best out of that wave? So, okay, we have the grand opening, but, Let's talk about the next week. 
Or can there be something every two weeks after? Like, okay, we had our grand opening, and then in two weeks, we have the biggest children's thing we've ever done. You know, we're going to do this really cool thing with children. And then two weeks after that, we've got this special guest coming that played, you know, the running back for whatever, some team, you know. Uh, mm. And then two weeks... So it's not like we're dumping – we don't have to dump a lot of money in it. You especially don't have to do that with children. But if you could think about like, okay, three to six months, what if we did – what if they had, what if we did three to five really cool things that just were really – were things that we just have never done before? Maybe two guests that we just – that unchurched people actually care about meeting, you know, like a coach or someone that was on America's Got Talent or came in fifth place or whatever, like something cool. Uh, and then, and then, man, what if we did a couple things in there for the kids? Like we did this big reptile Sunday and brought in this guy that owned all these reptiles and the kids got to pet him. Like there was like a way that we could not only advertise the grand opening, but on the grand opening, keep pushing for the next few weeks or next few months like things that would just continue to create buzz and create two things. One, a reason for new people to come back, and two, a reason for you people to invite people. That's good. Giving the, that's your good. people a reason to invite people. Okay, that's one thing. Secondly is don't forget to set in place the – and I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you do at the church. I have no idea. But you might have a growth track or you might have, you know, meet the pastor, pizza with the pastor, coffee with the pastor, something where people sort of meet you and maybe kind of decide if this is their church home. Maybe it's not a full-blown membership, but during those first few months, I would have a few of those. Okay. Uh, you know, hey, the, maybe say you open up on September 1st. September 8th is the second Sunday. By September 15th, you're having coffee with the pastor after service. Hey, it's one hour long. Get to know the pastor. Get to know him. Get to know a little bit about the church. Maybe you can figure out how you can get plugged into the church. Like, There's got to be a few things. Uh, I think those things should be regular. <clears throat> I believe in those systems very much and should be a regular part of your church world all 12 months. But you want to maybe pile them up a little bit more, maybe one or two extra ones in those first three or four months because you want to see new people coming in, but you want to engage them as quick as possible. It's all about okay. the speed of engagement, Jason. It's all about the speed of engagement. So create a little pizza with the pastor, coffee with the pastor, where you tell them a little bit about the church and just say, and by the way, man, if you want to get involved in our church, here's a few ways you can do that. Just something simple, something easy, something, don't be complex. Don't make it six months long, four classes, three hours each. None of that. Just okay. something simple. Be like, I like you as a pastor. I like this church. And man, I, I think I want to get involved a little bit. Maybe I could be a greeter once a month or an usher once a month. You want to get as many people not only showing up, but as many people engaged into the life of the church as fast as you can during those awesome. first four or five months. You don't want to miss that wave because the wave will end. And then okay. that brings you to that first question of when the wave starts ending, the new vision starts coming in. Right. Okay. So, awesome. and those are, so I always, I always, uh, uh, I always say this, that we always think about the grand opening and we don't think about day one after the grand opening. Yeah, that's good. That's the good. after the grand opening is just as important. Right. If okay. not even more, because that's when you're going to start collecting the harvest. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to, to kind of, we've always ran one service 
And um, just because of the space, we've, we've been able to do that. You know, we mm-hmm. can move our walls and those sorts of things. But going into this facility, we know we're going to have to go to two services based on our parking and those sorts of things right away. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the question is how do I, what are some ways that I can and our team can change the culture from serving once a month to more engagement in serving? Because right now we, we have enough uh, serve team folks to be able to carry one service a month for them to serve once a month. So how do we shift that culture and that mentality with um, going from one service to two services? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a couple things that I think are important when, when making the jump from one to two services, um, I think it's really important first that the leaders that are heading over the worship, uh, over the children, over all, uh, guest services, you know, ushers, greeters, all that, they need to have, and this is going to sound like like a dumb moment, but sometimes I think we miss it. It's it's not it's not just oh I can I might need a couple more. Okay, so you talk to guest services. I I, I might need some more uh, ushers and greeters. Okay, how many exactly? How many do you need? Have you thought mm-hmm. that through? Have you thought exactly how many more worship team members you need? Exactly how many more children's workers you need? Not just more. Exactly how many more? They need to think your team, if it was me, I would bring together the people that are responsible for these teams and say, okay, guys, we need to get really specific because they're going to need to restructure. Anytime you add weight, you have to restructure. You ever thought about that for a moment? You can't just go over to a a building that's 10 stories tall and say, we're going to just add 10 more stories. No, you're not. Right. You right. added more weight means you got to change the structure. When you mm-hmm. add more services and more people, you got to change the structure. Because otherwise, you have a structure that can't handle the weight. Good. And so you've got to look and say, okay, children's workers, yeah, I'm going to get more volunteers. How many? I mean, literally, put it on a piece of paper and say, okay, I, I'm the leader. I've got five classroom coordinators and I got 15 volunteers. I'm just making this up. Okay. But what's it going to look like with two services? Are you going to have, you're going to need, you're going to have to double this thing. You're going to have to raise up more leaders and volunteers. So the answer, uh, I think part of it is they got to learn to sit and serve. So they sit in one, serve in the other. That's a culture thing. But the greater problem usually comes in I've seen is when you add services, people aren't thinking about, they don't have specific numbers. They're not thinking about, no, I need four more leaders and 12 more volunteers. They got to know the exact number, not just some arbitrary, I don't know, five more people. Like, well, tell me exactly what you need. Because if they don't know exactly what they need, they're not going to get it. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, and when they don't get it, they'll blame you. Here's how they'll blame you. We went to a second service. I'm burned out. We, we, we grew too fast. And now, now we're already, we got all these people, the second service and pastor, you know, and you push just to launch a second service. It'll somehow be your fault. And uh, you, you want to avoid that, man. You want to you make sure that you're sitting with a worship person and a children's person or whoever and say, how many, let's, let's get a piece of paper out. Let's draw out your current structure. Okay, your little mm-hmm. flow chart. And then now let's look at a flow chart with two services. 
What is it going to look like? And help them get there, and then they know, this is what I need. Between now and September, here's what I need. Okay. Does that make so, sense? Yeah, it makes tons of sense. So yeah. the current so with that thought in mind, the current mentality of our current people that are serving is that one serve. So how do I shift what what are the things I can do to increase their serving? Uh, obviously adding new people, but increasing yeah. their serving from from that mentality of we only do one, we may need to do two, we may need to sit one, serve one type thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, what you're changing there is you're changing. uh, This is the back half of that question, I think, is that you're changing. You have to change uh, the paradigm shift in their thinking and you also have to change the culture. Um, And culture is always changed by the three same things all the time. Stories you tell, heroes you make and the things you celebrate. Stories you tell, heroes you make, things you celebrate. So if we are going to start moving towards that, I think that you've got to start moving towards, you know, sit and serve and them getting used to two services, all that stuff. You got to bring those volunteers together strategically over the next several months. You got to bring them together on a regular basis. Um, and you've got to start bringing them together, casting division, sit and serve, get the language there. Hey, we sit and we serve, we sit and we serve. It, we're, we're others minded and we sit and we serve. You got to get, la- remember, remember Jason, language shapes behavior and behavior shapes culture. So the language is sit and serve. So that gets into the water. So let's say you had a volunteer meeting tonight and you're meeting with all volunteers. You're like, Hey guys, we got to get used to sit and serve, blah, 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 blah. We've got to get used to that. It's other, we're others focused by the second time you meet or the third time you meet, you're going to find three or four or five people that are that are already embracing it. Like, hey, pastor, I'm all in for sit and serve. I'm all in to do whatever it takes. Now you're up there. Now, now let's fast forward four weeks from now. Hey, guys, I told you last time we were together, sit and serve. I told you that, you know, that we need to be, we others mind to focus. And I want to, I just want to give a big shout out to Joanne, Jennifer, Tommy, Bobby, and Jessica. Mm. Man, you five, you've approached me, you've emailed me, you've texted me and just said, pastor, we're all in. Thank you for doing that. What are we doing? Stories you tell, heroes you make, things you celebrate. You're making a hero out of those five people because everybody else will start following that culture as soon. That's so good. what you're doing is always remember, Jason. There's early, mid, and late adopters. Early, mid, and late adopters. You make that announcement at your volunteer. Hey, we got to sit and serve. And we got to be other people's minded. And man, blah blah. blah. You're going to have four, five, six people going. I'm all in. Those are your early adopters. Mm-hmm. Now what you're doing is over the next couple of meetings is you're taking your mid-adopters, you're exposing your early adopters, celebrating them, stories you tell, heroes you make, you're making them heroes, pointing them out. And what's going to happen is you're going to find your mid-adopters will start moving over to the early adopters Mm. because you're celebrating the early adopters. So you make Joanne and Bobby and Jessica and whoever else, yay, yay, and and make a hero out of them. Then you're going to find the rest of them will... You're going to start a large portion will start going towards that. Then at your next meeting, you're going to point out five different people, and then you're going to find even more of those. So your your lates will become mid, and your mids will become early, and that's what you're ultimately moving towards. Awesome. But you do it through celebrate. You always you always reward what you want repeated. You always celebrate. You always tell stories about the things you want repeated. Always tell stories about the things you want repeated, and then people will start following it. That's culture. 
That's how culture gets created every time. Okay. That's awesome. That's that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes tons of sense. Yes, yeah, sir. That's it. You can't, you can't just make the announcement. You got to be strategic. Like, okay, I got to meet a certain amount of times. I got to find the early adopters. I got to make a hero out of the early adopters. Then the mid adopters will start doing that. I got to make more heroes out of the people and they'll just start coming on. Culture gets shifted always by who you make the hero and the story mm-hmm. that you're going to celebrate. That's good. That's, that's always awesome. how it, it's always how you do it. So does that help? Yes. Tons. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you got for today, man? I got one more. We got time. Yeah. Fire away. Okay. All right. So going from 300 to 500, mm-hmm. uh, uh, new staff hires. So currently right now we have, um, myself, we have a full-time like executive administrator. We have a part-time kids, part-time worship, part-time like relation, relational care, uh, slash groups helps with groups. So that's kind of our staff, but going from 300 to 500, and I know what got us here won't necessarily take us there. And we know there's structural changes coming, but also like, what are some next hires moving from 300 to 500? Yeah. The, from the list that you just gave me, so I'm only going on what you just told me. If I was, if, if I was, and you might already have someone over this, so maybe the question may or may not be a higher, but more, let's call it attention because you might already have okay. someone doing it, but you, they're good, but they're not great. Or they give the time they can, they do the best they can in these areas. But so I think let's pull back a little bit and say, okay, instead of the higher, where does the focus need to be? And, and the, cause I might say, Hey, you need to focus on this or you need to think about this higher. And you're like, I already got someone for that. Okay, but okay. are they operating at this level? Because this is this is what becomes important. The next level for me, in my opinion, is a couple things. One is um, the assimilation and all things next step. Who is who is that person that is monitoring how many people are starting to come here? New guests we have and getting them involved and engaged in the life of the church, and they're monitoring that time frame. The average person takes four to six months to get engaged in the life of the church. Who's who's overseeing the process to say, okay, Pastor Jason, this past month we got 21 new people involved in ministry. They've all been at the church less than four months. Next month, we have 19 people involved in the ministry. Here's how they got involved in ministry. These are the areas where they got involved. This is the path we took them on. The, okay. the engagement is by far where I would start looking. Okay. That's one thing. Um, and then the other area, I would look at engagement for sure. <laughs> like That would be like really a big deal. And engagement could be they're engaged by they're volunteering or they're getting into groups. But someone is saying, this is how, look, look all these new people are coming in. They went and met with the pastor for pizza, and they hung out with him. This is how many people got engaged. Someone needs to know those numbers, and someone needs yep. to have the one job that says, I get people involved in the life of the church uh, okay. at a very high rate. You do that, and you'll grow. People used to want to believe before they belong. Now they want to belong before they believe. And mm-hmm. so the more they belong to the church, the more they're all in. And awesome. I would focus on that. You'll jump from three to five, not only because of a building, but by the speed of engagement. Okay. Awesome. 
That's where Sounds I would good. focus a lot of it. So, all right, man, dude. Good. Yeah. Hey, it's thanks, great man. talking with you, man. Hey, thanks for being on today, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.